Good morning. Our morning prayer begins on page four in the Book of Common Prayer. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall shall forth thy praise. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95, found on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is the people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Psalms for today are Psalm 14 and 16, beginning on page 356. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt and become abominable in their doings. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. The Lord looketh down from heaven upon the children of men, to see if there were any that would understand and seek after God. But they are all gone out of the way, they are altogether become abominable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have they no knowledge that they are, are all such workers of mischief, eating up my people as it were bread, and call not upon the Lord? There were they brought in great fear, even where no fear was, for God is in the generation of the righteous. As for you, you have made a mock of the counsel of the poor, because he putteth his trust in the Lord. Who shall give salvation unto Israel out of Sion? When the Lord turneth the captivity of his people, then shall Jacob rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Psalm 16 Preserve me, O God, for in thee have I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my God, I have no good like unto thee. All my delight is upon the saints that are in the earth, and upon such as excel in virtue. But they that run after another God shall have great trouble. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, neither make mention of their names within my lips. The Lord himself is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup thou shalt maintain my lot. 
The lot is fallen unto me in a fair ground. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will thank the Lord for giving me warning. My rains also chasten me in the night season. I have set the Lord alway before me, for he is on my right hand. Therefore I shall not fall. Wherefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For why? Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither shalt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Thou shalt show me the path of life, and thy presence is the fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there is pleasure forevermore. Here begins the fourteenth chapter of the book of Job. <clears throat> Man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. And do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me to judgment with yourself? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. Since his days are determined, the number of his months is with you. You have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. Look away from him that he may rest, till like a hired man he finishes his day. For there is hope for a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth branches like a plant. But man dies and is laid away. Indeed, he breathes his last, and where is he? As water disappears from the sea, and a river becomes parched and dries up, so man lies down and does not rise. Till the heavens are no more, they will not awake, nor be roused from their sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in the grave, that you would conceal me until your wrath is past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my hard service I will wait. Till my change comes. Here ends the first lesson. The Benedictus. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths, and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Here begins the 38th verse of the 19th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, <clears throat> but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen, with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus, because of the Jews' preparation day. 
for the tomb was nearby. Here ends the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all that hate us, perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, O Lord, that as we are baptized into the death of thy blessed Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, so by continual mortifying our corrupt affections we may buried, be buried with him, and that through the grave and gate of death we may pass to our joyful resurrection for his merits, who died and was buried and rose again for us, the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults for enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, 
and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Today we are at Easter even, in the chronology of Holy Week, the Sabbath day between the crucifixion and the resurrection. This is the last day of Lent and the last penitential day for months. Yesterday afternoon, we remember Jesus' crucifixion, being raised on a cross, hanging in agony, and dying after nine hours. Jesus died before sundown and at the beginning of the Sabbath, and the beginning of the Sabbath, so his followers want to give him a proper if temporary burial before the Sabbath when they cannot do so. As we heard in this morning's New Testament reading, the body of Jesus was placed in an unused tomb provided by St. Joseph of Arimathea, a devout Jew who was a secret follower of Jesus. In morning prayer, we have the account from John's Gospel, which is similar to that of Luke. Mark's Gospel adds that Pilate asks if Jesus is dead. If there were a Eucharist today for Easter even, we would read the account from Matthew's Gospel, which adds that the Pharisees successfully request requested that Pilate post a guard at the tomb of Jesus, so Jesus' followers cannot steal the body and claim he rose from the dead. After Jesus is entombed, the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, report that some of Jesus' female followers observe where the body was laid. The Gospel of Mark names them as Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the Lesser. By observing the tomb, this allows them to return on Sunday morning after the Sabbath. At the culmination, as the culmination of our liturgical year, tonight and tomorrow we will celebrate the empty tomb and the triumph over sin and death. In subsequent weeks, we will read passages with the revelation that Jesus is the eternal King, the Messiah who fulfills the covenant that God made with King David to have his seed rule forever. This morning in the Psalms, we have two Psalms by King David written about a thousand years before the crucifixion. Psalm 14 is about David lamenting sin and predicting judgment. The first four verses, as one commentary puts it, contemplate the folly and wickedness of those who rebel against Yahweh and against his anointed. As, as the psalm begins, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and become abominable in their doings. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. The Lord looketh down from heaven upon the children of men, to see if there were any that would understand and seek after God. But they are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become abominable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. The next three verses anticipate the judgment that will come upon the foolish and the wicked. In the New Testament context, this is the judgment on Jerusalem, first for rejecting Jesus and persecuting them, and then throughout the next 40 years, rejecting his teachings and persecuting his followers. In the final verse, David calls on a Savior who will save God's people and predicts joy by his people for the Savior's triumph over the wicked. Who shall give salvation unto Israel out of Zion? When the Lord turneth the captivity of his people, then shall Jacob rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Our second psalm, Psalm 16, has the subtitle in the New King James, The Hope of the Faithful and the Messiah's Victory. The psalm begins with David in verses 1 through 4, contemplating the love of God and one's neighbor. These are what Jesus in the three synoptic gospels 
calls the greatest commandments. As Matthew 22 reports, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. David, the king of Israel who most closely walked with God, then summarizes his joy in knowing God and benefiting from his guidance. Finally, David predicts that God will give eternal gladness by raising his faithful from the dead. As the psalm concludes, Wherefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices, my flesh also shall rest in hope. For why? Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither shalt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Thou shalt show me the path of life, in thy presence is the fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there is pleasure for every, evermore. Finally, our Old Testament reading for the 14th chapter of Job captures the sense of despair that Jesus' Jesus followers are certainly feeling at this point. Job is ending up his speech in which he tries to make sense of all the woes and sadness that have befallen him. He can't make sense of why it has happened, but unlike his friends, he believes it is the will of God and calls out for God to help him understand. As one commentator put it, Job offered a soul-searching prayer to God. This is the right response for any traumatized life. A lesson, of course, that we can take into our current day. Of course, we know at the end things turn out well for Job, who trusted in the Lord. However, I want to call out two verses right after this morning's passage. At the end of Job chapter 14, Job offers one of the most heartfelt and sincere testimonies of one who believes in the hope of God and the resurrection. I happen to know verses 25 to 26 because I've heard them for decades as the opening aria of the third resurrection portion of Handel's Messiah. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. None of us have suffered as much as Job, nor are our sufferings as well known. But we all enjoy that same hope, the hope of seeing God in the flesh after our death. The Gospels literally proclaim good news, and after reliving, reliving the agony of his passion and crucifixion, this weekend we recognize, realize, and recall that ultimate good news of the Gospels and of our Christian faith. We now resume morning prayer on page 18 of the prayer book. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate.
that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Almighty God, who has given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee, and dost promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, thou wilt grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come, life everlasting. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Thank you for Carl and Brett for making it possible. Enjoy the remainder of your, your remaining few hours of Lent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. That was a wonderful lesson, Joel. Thank you Thank so you, much. Elizabeth. Very Thanks. good. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everybody.